Welcome, everyone, to a Friday edition of Sun Scrap Nation's podcast. Today is May 1st, 2020, um, here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Once again, you can check out the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play, as well as finding it on all of our social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find everything else on the website, sunscrapnation.com, training footage, all that kind of wonderful stuff, and previous episodes. Um, we're going to get into MMA news today. It's going to be mostly just revolving around that, the May 9th card coming up, uh, as well as the three following or the two following UFC events that are just going to be thrown out at us because we haven't had it. So Dana White, um, being the, the fucking outlaw he is and this kind of time, um, making all this happen. Um, with that being said, we'll probably get into some other stuff just because, but in MMA news, it's not that it's been uh, busy with things and crazy with news articles, but there's just stuff to talk about since there's new fights that have been announced, um, people doing stuff on Instagram, Twitter, and just trying to stay relevant whether or not that be good, bad, things I've seen. I don't know, just give you guys some entertainment today. I know yesterday's episode or the other day's episode kind of sucked. So that's what I'm here for. I recognize that, and I'm here to bring a little bit more energy today and talk about what we got and enough of this, enough of this rambling. Okay, so let's get started. Um, as far as what's been going on in MMA news, I'm here on MMAfighting.com. I'm just going to go through their morning report, and then I'll get through some other stuff. We got Tyron Woodley continues beef with Israel Adesanya. Once again, I'm not really here to comment on it. The only thing I'm going to comment on is fucking Israel's Instagram story is fucking crazy. The other past days, the stuff that he's been eating, I uh, I took upon myself to diet because I was getting corona weight, and I didn't want that. So I cut down a little bit, but... What fucked me up was watching his Instagram. It was like Burger King burger and then a pint of ice cream with a drumstick that he stuck into it. And then he was eating ice cream and cornflakes together. I'm like, bruh, let me get some. Because it's bullshit that he can eat all that and then still, you know, maintain what he does. But that's that's the bonus of being in shape, folks, right? Those that are overweight and eat all those things but still maintain like inflammation and um you know fucking underlying health conditions whatever whatever it may be just anything that is inhibiting your daily life like you need to work on getting it down to a good body first being healthy and then from there you can you know cheat have cheat days just like Junior Dos Santos just came off of a, I guess, a, a keto diet for a couple of days. He looks good. Um, he's not as bulked up as he used to be, but he ketoed, leaned out. But once again, he's already in shape. He does that. He gets down to good weight, and now he can, you know, enjoy his life. Because you can only do a diet for so long. Until your body's like, we don't, we don't play this anymore. And sometimes as an athlete, it can affect your energy levels. It can affect your performance. So there's a lot of things that go into as far as 
trying to diet and also keep up a three-day workout day. For example, Israel can eat all those kinds of things because, one, we're on this quarantine, he's got no fight coming up, and then, two, he probably trains twice a day still because he's got, you know, partners and coaches that would love to help him out. And he's got a place to do it. I mean, I saw him the other day. He was sparring with Dan Hooker. You lose a lot of weight sparring with Dan Hooker. And I don't know why. I literally don't know why um, Tyron Woodley is coming after Israel. Uh, it doesn't really make any sense. But, you know, whatever you got to do. Um... So UFC 249 is going to do a virtual schedule for media day, which is new, and post-fight interviews, which is different. But I don't mind that they're kind of doing this, you know, without a crowd and without all this kind of stuff, you know, all the extra stuff. It kind of keeps it very, like, Bushido. Uh, before I continue, I'm going to look up that word because I don't want to sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's like Samurai Away. Uh, let's see. I'm going to... To be honest, none of them... Well, I guess respectful. I guess it's more respectful. I don't know. I guess it's more honorable. I don't know. There's eight codes to the Bushido Way, and what I just described is not one of those codes. I, I guess. I mean, honor. I guess there's more honor in just fighting to fight. But you're also making money. So it, it doesn't really matter how you look at it, crowd or no crowd. And fighting for the crowd in this day and age is kind of more honorable than fighting for money because now you're fighting for fans. I don't know, whatever. Um, Fight Island's going to be around for a while, according to Dana White, because he was on Reddit the other day and did an AMA, and he answered a bunch of questions. But, I mean, they were pretty bog-standard questions. They're nothing... He didn't, you know, break any news. Plus, you got to blame the people asking, I guess. I don't know. John Jones is a bit, whatever. Conor McGregor delivers medical supplies to Children's Hospital in Ireland. Fuck, man. If you're a well-known celebrity, you better be delivering something to someone and doing something. Otherwise, you're going to get so much shit. Not for me or any in any case, but, like, there are people out there that give you so much shit if you're not doing things. It's unreasonable, too. It's people that would give you shit and they would never do it themselves, but it makes them feel good. It's crazy that I can just break down a personality like that. People aren't... People are so predictable. But, that being said, it is good of him to do that. Because Ireland, I don't think is... I don't know how Ireland's doing. How is Ireland doing? Nope, it's doing terrible. Irish manufacturing collapses in April due to coronavirus. Um, not that many deaths, but still. And I think he was person. No, he wasn't personally affected by it. Uh, that came out. It wasn't. I think his aunt passed away, but it wasn't because of it. Even though they tried to push it, that it was fights that are on. 
the YouTube right now. Henry Cejudo versus Marlon Moraes, the free fight. That was a great fight, to be honest. Um, just thinking about it. Marlon Moraes doing so great in like that first half round, first and a half round. I mean, great. Hitting Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo then did something that only champs do, and that's make adjustments like Stipe against DC. Right? There are certain things that fighters do that show championship prowess. And Henry did it by just biting down, moving forward, throwing the overhand right, forgetting about the kicking range, just bullying through it, putting his head down, accidental headbutts is the thing he does. Um, and then once he got the takedown, it was the first, the only, or there were takedown attempts, but the first successful takedown, and I didn't even realize this, was the takedown where he took him down and broke him. Yeah, crazy. Um, it's a great fight. You don't see a lot of stoppages in the smaller weight classes, so this one's great, especially because it's got everything. It's got comeback, it's got... Um, Wrestling, Muay Thai, boxing, fucking everything. And it's the smaller weight classes. People always make always make judgments on these smaller guys. Oh, they're fucking boring. They don't knock each other out. They do. They do. Especially now. Um, they also have the Jake Shields versus George St. Pierre fight. If you want to see the toughest grappler in GSP's opinion, uh, Jake Shields. I mean, they're both. Donner or guys essentially. Jake does more with the scrap pack, but he's trained with Donner a bunch. And so has GSP. And as far as ground game, pretty equal. And Jake's a fucking tank. It's a good fight. It's long. It's a long fight. Nate Diaz versus Manny Gamburian. Also a great fight. It's his debut. How good was Randy Couture, actually? Why is there even a video on this? He was great. It was the all-natural. Heavyweight champ, undersized. At least for his time. All right, let's see. Let's see. Any beef? Brian Kelleher versus Cody Stamen talking shit to each other. You want to fight on Fight Island, Paulo Costa, getting getting some cool graphics. That's pretty cool. MVP versus Izzy. Yeah, Chieson wants to get wants to watch MVP get murdered. It's essentially, it. I don't know if murdered's the thing, but you get outclassed. It's more because Izzy's bigger and his experience as far as striking is higher even though MVP's got all this like um all this like previous ta- taekwondo like a karate experience it's not the same like Raymond Daniel Raymond Daniels has the same kind of experience glory kickboxer and all that shit whereas MVP, Taekwondo, and then I guess he had some a little bit of stuff, but not not glory or anything like that. Raymond Daniels versus Israel Adesanya. That makes more sense to me. 
UFC champ Miocic focused on pandemic response, not fighting, because he's also a part-time firefighter? Okay, so Cowboy came out saying that he gave up, or not gave up, wasn't himself during the fight, right? Um, and then Donald Cowboy wasn't, uh, Cowboy said Cowboy wasn't there, wrong guy showed up. Donald showed up. Cow the Cowboy wasn't there. Couldn't fight, get fired up. And then Stephen A. Smith came with a I told you so to the MMA community. I'm curious. So all you MMA folks who pro who I profoundly respect, am I off my rocker now? Why are you covered sports intimately as a reporter for a quarter, uh, quarter century? Sometime you see things. I respect the hell of Donner's authority, but he just wasn't there that night. Let me just say this. I understand not being there that night. I understand that whole sentiment. However, is it a product of Donald Cerrone not being there or all the other shit that Connor brings when he fights? Eddie Alvarez, quote unquote, also wasn't there. There are certain things that Connor brings to a fight that if you are not ready for, and Donald, you know, is a guy that's very introverted when it comes to fight media and all this kind of stuff. He just likes to go in there and fight. And if it was a short notice in Colorado, in front of his home crowd, uh, no media kind of thing, Cowboy's showing up. Because that's who he is. Like, I understand. Donald had a whole camp. He had everything. I understand. Like, there is nothing that doesn't make any sense besides the fact that I understand getting caught in the lights of Conor McGregor. Now, did he not show up because of that? Oh, absolutely. That I can understand. But just to say that Donald hasn't shown up, didn't show up that night, is a fucking poor excuse. It's the biggest show of his career. On top of that, he's been there more times than anyone in the UFC. And then on top of that, it just seems like a careless thing to say. Oh, I just wasn't there. Oh, that seems kind of disrespectful to everyone that watched and uh, paid money. Because that means you just gave up a fight. But if you're just like, listen, I was not ready for all that hype. We were cordial, and then he just blitzed forward, and it just, I froze. Freezing, I understand. Fighters get frozen when things change, their, like when they're not expecting it. Eddie Alvarez froze. Madison Square Garden, biggest thing. Got Conor McGregor picking up chairs and shit like that. And he goes out there and he just, he's on. And Conor in that situation, he's the opposite of Donald. You give him a short notice fight, Nate Diaz. Not the greatest for him. However, he has, you know, like Chad Mendo's short notice fight. Uh, who else was a short notice fight for him? It was another short notice fight. He did fine. But regardless, it's one of those things where Connor brings so much with him that in itself is a weapon. It's a mentality. And Donald has shown in the past that it affects him when Nate got in his face or Hamazadal got in his face. When certain fighters don't respect him and get in his face, besides Alexander Hernandez, who he thought he could exploit, but that's just veteran experience. I, I don't count that. Connor and Donald are like similar in time fighting not completely donald's obviously got more fights but 
you know, Connor's got more than 20 professional fights. So, that being said, in a way, yes. In a way. Uh, what's his name? Stephen A. Smith's kind of right. He didn't show up. But just to say that, oh, it's his fault because he didn't show up, that's almost like disrespectful to Donald because, and it's disrespectful to us as MMA fans because then we just think that, oh, our, oh, is our sport just a bunch of fucking quitters, guys that just don't show up? Like, that seems fucking ridiculous. Plus, he took some big shots in the first round. Those, those shoulder strikes, he wasn't expecting that shit. He gets clipped with those. Yeah, of course. He feels he didn't show up. And there's a bunch of doors opening up giving him that reason to say that. Oh, Blades criticizes female, takes aim at MMA's glamorous female fighters, and Pearl Gonzalez fights back. Okay, so this guy raining on MMA Uncensored's parade. Whatever. Okay. So Curtis Blade says, I'm a girl I'm a girl dad, so let me okay. I'm a daddy's I'm a girl dad. I'm a dad to a girl. So let me make this clear. I'm not against female athletes getting publicity and media push and love from the fans once deserved and earned through legitimate hard work and grinding. My issue is why do so many female athletes complain and grape about being over-sexualized by, MMA fa- uh, by fans and media, but then at the same time, many of them are profiting off of said sexualization through media endorsements, high-profile pro- placement of cards. I don't hate hustling. Da, 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 da. I don't hate hustling like that. It's just how females want to pay their bills to their body. So Curtis Blades is bringing up a point that maybe should be brought up on like a long-form interview rather than talking about it on Facebook, and then putting on this. Um, okay, I don't hate hustling like that. If he doesn't hate it, then what's the deal? If I have no, and I have no problem with either hustle, but you can't live a life the way, that way, and expect to garner the same type of respect and love that real grinders get. Oh, he's a, he's like, you can't be hot and then also be considered like one of the greatest. Okay, so what did? Okay, so then we'll ask by one of one fan. So you're okay. So Blade's name page. You're telling me Page and Rachel Osher, whatever, actually deserve time. Their time remain on news for their athletic achievement and not just cars. Their sex appeal. Because I'm wrong. How about, let's say this, there's not that many people in that division, and they need people. Paige Van Van Zandt gets people to watch fights. Rachel Ostevich gets people to watch fights. They understand they're hot as well. Hey, you can do two things. You can benefit from that, too. It's almost like marketing on the line, right? It's like a guy—I watch Community— the show because it's on Netflix and I binged it. Can I just say Community's first season and then everything else? The worst. But they're pretty meta about it and I kind of understand it, so I give them slack. Anyway. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. in Mar- They had an episode where they brought a subway to the school and in order to market, a guy 
from the Subway marketing team was named Subway. It's like that. Like, I'm hot. I'm also a fighter. And then most guys on the internet with Cheeto fingers and, you know, watch it and jerk off in their mom's basement, uh, they're like, I'll watch. And then they watch it. Everyone wins. Are they going to be champions? I don't know. That's a conversation for themselves to have in the mirror and not any of our business. So if they want to play both sides and you can get paid your fucking $12,000, six to show, six to win, or, or hear me out, Curtis, you can get paid those 6000 to show and 6000 to win on top of royalties by Reebok, on top of um, royalties from other advertising companies, on top of your Instagram post, which I think she makes $1,000 per post or something like that, um, on top of garnering a bunch of fans that love what you're doing, inspiring younger females to go and do the exact same thing. I don't understand who's losing in the situation. And then on top of that, you get all the creeps online that kind of win, right? The the people that win the least are the fucking creeps online. They get pictures that, okay, they get pictures. Those girls, they find another avenue on how to make money. And they don't have to pick up a fucking ring card or like a card and hold it over their head and just walk around and pretend to be hot. Or, I mean, most of them are hot. I'm just saying, like, they don't have to do that. They can actually go and fight and also be hot. It's a change in people's mentality. Okay, so one fast former UFC fighter, Pearl Gonzalez, Blades weighed in again. Yeah, I know of Pearl. She's one of the, who's a very good fighter, but stays relevant because she's constantly poking. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, a fighter complaining about how my looks keep me relevant and that my skills haven't improved. The fact you are today's years old and still can't speak. I mean, to be fair, in Pearl's defense, she went to Thailand like a couple of years ago to do Muay Thai with a bunch of people that aren't even, I mean, she's the most professional out of them, all of them, but she won the, uh, like, the most traditional experience. She went to further her experience in martial arts by going to Thailand and developing a love for Muay Thai. To me, that doesn't seem like a girl, a brawler with terrible footwork and decent grappling. That seems like someone that wants to go, get better, come back, use those skills that she's learned. Now I think she's a champ in her own, in, uh, the, in, the, in the promotion she's fighting for. She's getting better. She does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for decent grappling. She goes and she trains at 10th Planet now. I don't, I don't know what more you want from her. I mean, she's a convicted felon and have read more books than you have a degree. I put in work every single day, yeah, in every area of my life, including sports. I'm 100% persistent and consistent in my growth. I 100% agree with her. Your opinion is irrelevant. Stop hating, bro. I mean, but right here, to be 100% honest, I was talking about a speech impediment. I wasn't talking about the stupid topics he chooses to speak on. We have a huge platform to choose to tear women down. It's so sad. We're both from Chicago, city full of violence, somewhere we need to uplift. I used to shout this man out for being whatever. Okay. I mean, okay, so then now MMA Junkie has a poll thing. Let's not get crazy. We don't need a poll. It should be a 56% of people agree with Curtis Blades. 
Oh. Who the fuck? That's fucked up. 56% of you are terrible people. <laughs> that, that you think that only women should do one or the other. They can't be hot or fight. Ugh. Oh, 56% of you don't train. 56% of you have never had a fight. 56% of you are mentally retarded. And I say that in the medical terms. I'm not saying that as like a, uh, ooh, uh, making fun of you, and I use a derogatory term we consider now. No, medically, you guys are retarded if you think that. Because if you can't think a human being can't do one or the other thing in a world that we live in where there's multiple avenues of making money, I, I don't know what you want. You guys are obviously just not happy with your life. Jimmy Rivera, update on him, uh, provides update, neck injury, not in a rush to return if he can't train properly. That's fair. Neck injury sucks. Jorgen DeCastro, ooh, versus Greg Hardy. I'm interested in this fight because Jorgen is, um, he's a sneaky killer. And Greg Hardy is Greg Hardy. I love that Ovin St. Prue is moving to the heavyweight division. Maybe because of all this. Maybe because of all this, like, weight gain during the quarantine. Oh, real quick. Drake's Lost Tape album, kind of. It's just like a bunch of Drake songs that we haven't heard of or heard and that were leaked and stuff like that. Just came out today. It's called Dark Lane Ta Demo Tapes. Everyone just needs to download it. They're all 100%. They all slap. They're all fire. Um, <clears throat> there's a song called Demons with five, uh, Fivo and Sosa. Great. Pain 93 that we were all waiting on. Awesome. D4L uh, with Young Thug and Drake and Future. Desires, one of those leaked ones. War, that music video, and then the other music video, Chicago Freestyle. And when to say when. And then a Chris Brown song. And obviously that 2C slide. Check out Deep Pockets. That's great. Losses is also great. I have to listen to a couple other ones, like From Florida with Love. But Drake never puts out a bad album. Oh, and the actual album coming out summer 2020. So soon. June, July. Get ready. Get ready. Um, let's see. Anything else? Okay. Nothing on kind of the legitimate ones as far as media sources. So let's go to bjpen.com. I love this one because it's like rumors mostly. Okay. Let's see why he's confident he could beat Israel out of Sonia. I want to see this.
I, let's see. How many times have I said, uh, no. When I look at, when I look at Israel, I got to, uh, to uh, look at his weaknesses. Okay, that's a good way to go about it, but. And this weakness may not be something that we've seen exploited, but it's something that he's protecting. It's a reason why he fights so hard after getting taken down. It's a reason why he keep he wants to keep the fight standing. It's because that's what he does best. No shit. But look at the fight against Kelvin Gaslam. Kelvin, for much of the time, was winning. I don't know if you recall when I fought Kelvin Batsalam. Okay. Um, but I fought him when he was at middleweight and I was at welterweight. And my fight didn't look nothing like that. You guys are also two different body types. I came out there face clean, broke my foot in the first round. You still broke a foot and made pretty easy. Like <laughs> My face was clean. My foot, however, completely destroyed. Fucked me up for a couple months. What? Um, and I made pretty easy work of Kevin Gaslam. I don't know about that. That tells me I'm a better striker than Kelvin. Mm. I punch harder than Gaslam. Mm. I'm a better wrestler than Gaslam, and I have a better IQ than Ga- Gaslam. You don't have a better gas tank than Kevin Gaslam, though. And you don't hit as hard on the back foot. He's just also, like, way taller. Doesn't throw head kicks, either. I don't know. It seems like, see, fighters, they look at the weaknesses of their opponents, and that's fair. But what makes certain fighters so great is they can look at the strengths of an opponent and go, nah, but that ain't shit. Like uh, John Jones, for example, he beat Glover Teixeira in the pocket. That's like Glover's thing. He out-wrestled John Jones, or out-wrestled Chael. He out-wrestled out-wrestled and ground and pounded Chael, out-wrestled DC. Like, he just looks at your strengths and goes, no, I'm better than that. I'm better at you than that. And then he just believes it, right? Believe it, just like Naruto. That's where I think a lot of fighters are short-sighted. Like, yes, I'm going to look at their weaknesses. Obviously, you want to look at their weaknesses. But there's a lot of fighters who are well aware what their weaknesses are, and they expect you to try to exploit it in order to show the new lanes they've made doing doing that, right? So, for example, um, who's a good example of it? I mean, even in that Kelvin Gaslam fight, when Kelvin took and got um, Israel down, Israel threw up a triangle def- or triangle as a submission or as a defense against top control. Um, I mean, like, for example, Tony Ferguson. He knows that he sticks his chin up. That's why he was very good at rolling punches. And also he wants you to come in keeping his chin up in order for him to start throwing elbows and implementing the inside game of his. His inside game's terrifying. So, you know, those are those little things where yes, yes and no. Yes, yes and no. Um Oh, Anderson Silva had a very good one that I think his coaches or Chris Weidman's coaches when they were breaking the fight, like when they were about to fight each other, one of the two was talking about it. When Anderson drops his hands and he starts, you know, doing his thing, hey, fucker, he's trying to get you to throw punches at his head. 
in order to start slipping them, right, to make you, re- make you react that way. What it also makes you want to do is go for a takedown. However, it always, his hands are always in place to stuff a shot. They're always in both, uh, they're always in um, inside control, right? So when you come in for a shot, I automatically get my double underhooks because my hands and my elbows are tight to my body. So, I mean, there are certain things that people do in order to make you bait on it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's about it. That's about it with MMA stuff. Um, I'll break down the card next week, like the actual thing. We'll talk about the card. No, I just okay. Can you do that for me? Two forty-nine. Okay, let's see. Oh, it's not doing the thing on Google. I like it when it does. It like comes up with the card, and I can see it top to bottom. It's not doing that right now. Okay, so I mean. This card. This card. Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, top of the card. Henry Cejudo, Dominic Cruz. Fucking co-maining event. And then the code to the co-main event is Francis versus Jarzinho Rosenstruck. I know people are are very weary of two strikers that are heavyweights and that hit very hard. My my fans, my people, listen. I bring I bring tidings. Of hope. Jarzinho Rosenstruck is a professional kickboxer in all senses of the word. Many, many of big fighters have fought him. In a in a in a sport that requires you to throw punches and kicks in order to win, playing hesitant doesn't work. Playing, I mean, the the Overeem is a perfectly good example. Patient, looking for a shot, weathering the big shots, taking him where he needs to in order to just land that perfect lip-splitting left hand. France is the one that everyone should be worried about. He's the one having to fight a big power hitter. He's the one that's shown the tenant to tenant to see. Tennessee? Anyway, whatever. I'm going to bail on that word. Um you get what I'm saying. The head is the hesitancy, if anything, uh, against another heavyweight striker in Derek Lewis. So, not saying that Jorginho is going to go out there guns blazing, but if you don't, if anything, Jorginho is just like Israel in the heavyweight division. Not necessarily he like throws crazy kicks or whatever, but the the experience of having that professional kickboxing fainting is huge. And if he can get Francis to bite on something. That's the point that I'm trying to make. Overeem's harder to do that to. Former K1 glory fighter. You, you're not just going to beat him with feints. That's why Overeem was kind of winning that fight. Um, Francis doesn't have that experience. Overeem, when he fought Francis, was like fainting, but and throwing things with the hesitancy that he wanted to get hit or that he was going to get hit, and that's why he got caught. I think Jarzino is a little bit more measured and patient than that. And you got J- uh, Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Cater. I was watching Calvin Cater shit the other day. His hands, amazing. 
if that's something that Jeremy needs to worry about. Jeremy's got hit to the body pretty clean uh, against Jose Aldo. Not saying that was his last fight, but if we've seen something that Calvin can work on, it's trying to use that crisp boxing to... And Calvin's a very slow starter, so if there's something that Jeremy can take advantage of, it's the bombardment in that first round. Get him out, get him early. And then you have the Greg Hardy, Jorgen Castro fight to start off the card. And I don't know why Yorgo's, Yor, Jorgen's complaining about that. It's a great part to be on the card. I guess you, he could have been on the... No, prelims have to start off with or have to finish with the Donald Cerrone versus Anthony Pettis and welterweight. See, I think this is not necessarily a night of upsets, but could easily be. And that's why I think in this fight, I'm going Donald Cerrone all day at welterweight. Compared to when Anthony Pettis beat him, they're both on a not good slide right now. And Anthony Pettis, as much as he did knock someone out at middleweight or welterweight, I feel like Donald's wrestling super strong at welterweight that uh, Donald could just wrestle him for the whole round or for the whole <clears throat> time. And I feel like Donald's gotten stronger in that position than Anthony's gotten in his other positions. <clears throat> and I know Anthony's got slick submissions on the bottom, on the bottom but Donald's understanding of the bottom game i.e. his groundwork, supersedes like the dangerousness of Anthony Pettis' groundwork, unless Anthony Pettis hurts Donald. And I don't think those body shots that he caught Donald with the beginning in the first, in the first fight uh, are as much of a, a thing at welterweight for him. And you got the return of Vibrisi over Doom versus Alexander or Alexei Olianek. Submission specialists um, go to it, but Fabrizio over Doom, obviously his striking is also... Amazing. I mean, you're talking about arguably a goat in the heavyweight division, despite kind of some of the stuff that he had to, like the Stipe fight, the Volkov fight. I mean, he still beat Kane. He still beat, like, uh, I mean, you look at his resume, the fighters that he's beat. Oh, let's go to Fabricio. Uh, I mean, top, top one, top one, Fedor. All right. He beat Fedor before Fedor was considered. I mean, he's the first guy to beat Fedor. Um, Fedor, Roy Nelson, Noguera, Travis Brown, Mark Hunt, Kane Velasquez, Walt Harris, Marcin Tarbura. His last fights were that he lost Vol uh, Volkov, a boring Alistair, about boring Alistair Overeem fight, and a Stipe fight. So he's got three losses. His last fight was a loss, but Volkov was just like his kryptonite and then Carlos Sparza versus Michelle Watterson grappler versus striker but Michelle Watterson's we'll see we'll see I don't know about that fight I think Michelle might take it because Carla I don't know Uriah Hall versus uh, Jacare grappler versus striker it's pretty Uriah Hall's on the come up but Jock Array kind of reinvented himself. And to start off the fucking cards, you got Vicente Luque versus Nico Price, rematch, firefight to begin with, and then Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa, and Ryan Spann versus Sam Alvey, two lanky, uh, one-shot, awkward hitters. They're all great. Great fights. Great fights. And then May 14th, we got something, and then we got another fight. All right, folks, um, I did, 
yeah, today let's just focus on the MMA stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Um, I'm going to have to think about what was the biggest, yeah, what was the biggest moment of today's thought process? Anyway, I hope you guys today enjoyed today's episode. I'll come back Monday with a new one. We'll we'll talk more about the card. We'll break it even down a little bit more before next weekend, right? Next weekend's the ninth. How close are we to the ninth? Yeah, it's this coming weekend. Not this coming weekend, the following weekend. All right, so this coming week, break it down. All right, guys and gals, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Shout out to Damien, my Montreal brother, uh, listening and new fan of the podcast. Um, I hope you guys, once again, enjoyed this. If you guys want to find out more, go to SouthernScrapNation.com. Go to the social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as our, you can find them anywhere on any listening app, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Give us a five-star review, please. It'll help us, and it'll help us big become better and do, like, videos and stuff like that. Um, also, SouthernScrapNation.com for everything else. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Stay safe out there. And until next week, peace.